Hi, thanks for joining me, Andrew Overman of the Estate Agents Podcast. Uh, Stephen is, uh, although you can't see him, I can see him sat there, uh, patient but um, nervously excited to meet one of his heroes. Now, when Stephen, Luke and I began our podcasting journey, um, we had one common focus and goal, and that was to add value to estate agents up and down the UK. Stephen then took that one stage further and had the BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal of attracting the best guests from across the globe. Well, that lineup wouldn't be complete without best-selling author with titles including People Follow You, People Buy You, Objections, The Art of Getting Past No, and of course, Stephen's favorite that he's forever plugging on all of his courses, Fanatical Prospecting, world-renowned motivational speaker, and now guest of the Estate Agent Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mr. Jeb Blunt. Stephen, how are you feeling? Oh, I am. Um, I'm sweating here. I know it's hot outside. I know it's 100 degrees, but I think I'm sweating even more and my heart's beating as well. So uh, I'm incredibly humbled. And more importantly, we're incredibly grateful um, that Jeb is taking the time out also whilst he's on holiday as well um, in the States um, to um, give us this time and share um, his top tips on, on prospecting. So I'm incredibly excited. Um, I love the introduction. I don't know about Jeb. I'm sure he's quite excited as well after that introduction. So Jeb, um, I'll let you into, maybe introduce yourself a little bit more, um, what you do and um, why um, Stephen Brown's got a man crash on you and rate you so highly. <laughs> Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. I am absolutely and totally grateful. And yes, I, I need to have you guys follow me around and just do that every time I walk on stage and give a keynote. That's fantastic. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I run a company called Sales Gravy. We are a, uh, a fast-growing uh, sales training and consulting organization. We work with companies all over the globe. Uh, we're working with companies on every continent except for Antarctica. And our focus is on customer facing roles. So uh, obviously sales, uh, we've got account management, customer success, customer experience, and then the people that lead them. And uh, we, work, we work with companies big and small. My client list is a who's who of the most known brand names in the world. And, uh, and it's a cool job. I get the, I get to, I travel a lot, so I'm hard to get, you know, uh, we were talking earlier about getting on the podcast, but I'm, I'm difficult to get connected with, but, uh, it is a, uh, it's a cool job. And my, my people and I just, we feel, um, really, uh, fortunate that we have the opportunity to impact so many people. Well, that's thank awesome. You. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And I know the first question that I've got, it's actually from um, one of our listeners, Michael Nettleton, who um, asked, how did we manage to get you to appear on this podcast? Well, it was a really simple thing that you did. And it's the, the, the most important discipline in sales. You asked. That was it. I mean, you know, the, the, the thing about being an author uh, is that your podcast adds value to me because you're able to broadcast my message to your audience and introduce me to your audience. So only a fool would would say, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to have a conversation with you uh, about my book." Uh, on the other hand, I'm like so many other people that salespeople are reaching out to. I'm busy. I'm running. Uh, I'm trying to juggle a million things at one time. I get a thousand emails a day. I get all of these people asking for my time. There's a line uh, every day of people who want my time. 
And what you have to do is you have to ask and then you have to ask again and you have to ask again and you have to ask again and you have to keep on asking until you get the person's attention. And sometimes when you ask enough times, you, you earn the right to have them have a conversation with you. In my book, Objections, I tell a story about a sales representative from the UK who sold a software solution. And he called me 71 times. And that didn't include the emails. That didn't include the stalking on LinkedIn. That was 71 actual phone calls. He got me on the phone a handful of times. I told him no, uh, that I wasn't interested, but he never quit. And when he finally got me to have a conversation with him, it was after I figured that he wasn't going to go away. So I might as well talk to him and listen to him. He ended up selling me. I, he closed the, the, the business on the phone. I, I gave him my credit card, set up the initial pilot account with him. And his software changed our company. We've doubled the sales of our company for three years in a row just because this guy never gave up and he brought such value. And it's the same thing with you guys. You didn't give up. And, and, I, and you, you said earlier, I'm a really, really hard person to get on the show. It's not because I don't want to. It's not because I don't, I don't have a desire to have these type of conversations. It's just because my schedule is so packed. And that's true for almost everybody today. The hardest ask in sales, the hardest ask in life is for someone's time because it is the one thing that we can't make more of and it is the one thing that we don't have enough of. So congratulations to you guys for following exactly what we teach in Fanatical Prospecting, which is be persistent, ask, and don't take no for an answer. You got to keep on asking. Jeb, one thing I've got to ask you uh, to satisfy uh, the curiosity of another of our listeners. Um, Stephen is uh, renowned for his prospecting training for estate agents up and down the UK. And um, I've been on uh, all of his courses. And, and the one book that he recommends time and time again, in fact, um, he, he even sent me another link on Audible, even though I have it in paperback version, and I've, uh, I've actually downloaded it again on Audible, is fanatical prospecting. The question our listeners have is, is he on commission? <laughs> well, there may be some, some, some money changing hands, you know, some dollars to pound conversion. Um, so, you know, it'll, it'll get a little bit uh, less expensive for me. You know, if you guys keep messing around with breakfast, maybe the, uh, the pound will drop a little bit lower so I can afford to pay his commissions. Um, <laughs> so Jeb, what, what's the case for, for, for prospecting? Um, you know, I think that there are uh, people in the industry that get to that um, elevator position, perhaps they're number one agent in their town, they've got a good local presence, and I think when the office gets busy, the first thing most estate agents do is kill prospecting, which I think is the most damaging uh, to the business in the long term. So, so what's the case for prospecting? Well, there's a, um, let, me, let me start with that. You're exactly right. And that, that doesn't just happen to estate agents. That happens to everybody because it's the one thing that nobody really wants to do. So when we get really, really busy, we go, oh, you know, we, we don't need to do that right now. We're, bu we're busy. And the problem with that is that you end up getting on the, the feast or famine um, roller coaster where it's up and down, up and down, up and down. You get really busy, so you quit prospecting, and then the pipeline gets empty, and then you start prospecting again, and it's an incredibly miserable place to, to, to live. But there's more to it than that. When you have a full pipeline, you can sell, you can approach buyers, you can approach people who want to, um, to interact with you as if you don't need to. It gives you deep confidence and confidence is the most powerful position in sales. So when you have a full pipeline, everything gets better. Your whole, 
your whole communication gets better, your negotiation gets better, your ability to present and ask for people to do business with you gets better. It gets better because you don't need anything. You have abundance in the pipeline. And when you abandon prospecting and you get on that roller coaster up and down, up and down, up and down, when you hit the downs, you get bitten by something called the universal law of need. And that is the more that you need the sale, the less likely it is that you're going to get it because you're desperate and you exude that emotion of desperation. There's something called emotional contagion, and that's the unique ability of human beings to feel and perceive the emotions of other people. And because people have a tendency to respond in kind, when you are relaxed, assertive, and confident, which happens when you have a full pipeline, people are much more likely to believe and trust you and, and, and comply with your request. But when you are insecure and desperate and weak, uh, they tend to run over you and they tend to run away from you. So when you allow yourself that luxury of saying, I'm too busy to prospect now because uh, what you're basically saying is I'm willing to wreck my income down the road. And by the way, even if you are one of the top agents in your community, you have, um, you have, a, a, you have you know, built a great career, you have to continue to prospect. And we know that prospecting, it, it, uh, it, it goes across a, you know, a, a wide range of channels from getting referrals to uh, going out and meeting people in the community to networking to picking up the phone and calling people. All of those things are true, and depending where you are in your career, you may have to change those channels, but you must make time every single day, every day, every day, every day for putting something new in the pipeline because nothing else matters. It's the most impactful thing that you can do, and it will impact your, the entire sales cycle for you and the way that you approach your prospects. So thank you. In your book, you talk about the 30-day rule. The 30-day rule is a, a really simple concept, and it applies perfectly to almost every industry. And the 30-day rule simply says this. It says the prospecting that you do in any given 30-day period has a tendency to pay off over the next 90 days. Now, what the problem for a lot of salespeople, especially brand new people, is that they have this bad habit of thinking that you prospect now, you get now. So it's like a quid pro quo. I, I, I prospect, therefore I get. And it just doesn't work like that. The way that it works is that you prospect and, and, and then things happen down the road. So maybe you make a contact today and they're thinking about you down the road, maybe 30 days from now, 60 days from now. Maybe you're just gathering information and qualifying someone. Maybe you're identifying a buying window or an opening where you can have a conversation with them. But, but the net result is what you do today has a tendency to pay off at some time in the future. And the implication for everyone in sales is that you cannot quit prospecting. You take a day off, it's going to hurt you. Take a week off, it's going to bite you. Take a month off, and you may not be able to pay your mortgage. I get rejected a lot So um, when I make my calls. Um, in fact, I get rejected more than when I get to go to nightclubs, um, and that's tough to take. That can't be possible, Stephen. That can't be possible. <laughs> I hope Mrs. Brown's not listening at the time um, to this podcast. Otherwise, I'm going to get into loads of trouble. But joking aside, um, how do you handle rejection? Because um, being a state agent, we do get rejected a lot. 
and we've got, uh, unfortunately, in the UK, um, at the moment, agents don't have to be licensed. I know that's coming in and that's something that's going to be changed. But um, I'm making call after call after call and I'm constantly getting no, 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 put the phone down. Um, how do I keep on making rejection my best friend and to be motivated for the next call and the next call and the next call and understanding that every phone call is an opportunity that could lead to somewhere? Well, I love what you just said there. Every phone call is an opportunity. And this is, you, this is one of the things I think that you have to start thinking about in terms of strategy. If you call a stranger and ask them to buy from you or ask them to list a home or whatever you, you, you do, whatever you're asking for, sometimes that's not the right approach. Sometimes the approach is to qualify them, find out what they're doing, what, you know, what their situation is. And we do that in our own business. When we identify companies that we can sell training to, we don't call them up and say, can we sell you training? We call them up and say, tell us how many salespeople you have. Tell us your current situation. Tell us how you're delivering training. Tell us what training you're delivering. So what we're doing is we're qualifying a group of prospects and we're trying to identify particular buying windows. For example, one of the things that we ask is, when is your annual sales meeting? So if we know those things, then we can time our calls to ask them for their time, the meeting, what have you. We can, we can time those calls at the right time. So we, 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 first of all, don't get a lot of no's when we're asking for information. We get a lot of yeses. We get a lot of information. Uh, we get a lot of no's if we're asking the wrong people to do business with us. So that's one strategy. So thinking about what's the objective of my call. Is my call to set an appointment to have a conversation? Is my call to sell something right there on the spot? Is my call just looking for information so I can continue to qualify or even flip that call into a referral of someone else who may need you. That's one thing. The other thing is, I think, you know, thinking about what you said, making rejection your best friend. Um, I, I hate to glorify rejection because rejection sucks. And, and so does prospecting. Prospecting sucks too. Nobody really wants to do it and nobody really wants to get rejected. I think, a better course of action is to is to understand first of all what prospecting does for you so the way that i deal with rejection when i'm prospecting is i begin thinking about what do i really want so i always start with a set of goals what do i desire what am i trying to accomplish in my life because if you don't have something out in the future that you're calling for if you if it's your family or if it's uh you know, I'm, I'm sitting in my vacation home, which was one of my goals. So I worked really, really hard to get to this goal. So I was willing to endure a great deal of rejection and pain and adversity in order to get the income that I needed in order to buy this vacation home that I'm sitting in. So what I do with salespeople is I sit down with them and say, let's figure out what it is that you want first. And then let's figure out how many calls, how many touches, how many people that you need to contact in order to make that happen. Because if you wake up every day and you have that goal and that vision, it's easy to deal with the temporary pain of rejection, which no one wants and no one likes. And that's just the fact of life uh, in order to go get something that you want. So it's really about a mindset shift. You understand the 30-day rule. If I quit prospecting, I'm going to fail. You understand that it's easy as a human being to say, oh, I'm really busy today. I'm not going to prospect. But if you do that, you're going to get on the desperation roller coaster. It's, it's really easy to think, well, maybe they'll call me, but they're probably not going to do that, especially in a competitive market um, that you're in where no one's licensed and everybody can make a phone call and everybody can contact your prospects. 
but it's but it's easy to do those things when you have a greater purpose, when you have a greater reason for doing it. So I use all of that as a way of making myself get up every morning, pick up the phone, make my prospecting calls, uh, you know, work my opportunities. Even when I'm on vacation, I don't quit because of the 30 day rule. I'm prospecting every single day. And so are all the salespeople on my team because we have something that is bigger than the temporary you know, hurt of someone telling us no. Brilliant, thank you. What gets scheduled gets done. So you talk about golden hour. Um, when should you start your golden hour? Uh, well, I, you know, I think that for most people, we have to start thinking about, you know, when, when can you contact your prospects? So when I'm dealing with people that are, for example, um, you know, they're in man, they're calling manufacturing. You'd be calling at 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, if you were calling into, to, you know, into any kind of commercial B2B business and you're calling into uh, C-level people, you should be calling early in the morning. Um, if you're calling into a bank, probably you're not going to get people at 6 a.m. You need to call at 9 a.m. So I think that what you have to do is you have to make a conscious decision about when are the people that you're calling most likely to, to answer the phone or to have a conversation with you. And if you call, for example, C-level people in the afternoons, it's very unlikely they're going to answer the phone. They're in the middle of their day. They're in meetings. Um, they're dealing with all of the issues that have come up during the day. So for me, it always starts in the morning. Now, I'm a B2B salesperson. That's what my company does. We sell into other businesses. And because of that, we begin our prospecting blocks at 7, and we typically run into around 10 a.m. And then after that, we focus on things like inbound leads. We, we even do voicemail blocks where all we do is call for voicemail. We will um, do our social media hours, and then we'll go in and do email. Uh, but our, but our in-person reaching out, trying to connect with people always begins in the morning. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that's when we're at our highest level of confidence. That's when we feel the best. That's when we, we're, we have the, the greatest level of enthusiasm and energy. And because we sell in the B2B, it's typically when the people that we're calling are sitting at a desk and most likely to, to pick up the phone. So in your world, um, your, the people that, you know, in your audience, you have to look at your world the same way. You have to figure out when is the most likely time that the people that I'm calling are going to pick up the phone. Great. Excellent. You, you talk, um, Jeb, in the book, Chapter 7. It's one of my favorite um, chapters. Uh, the three Ps that are holding you back, you describe as procrastination, perfectionism, and paralysis from analysis. And how you disrupt the three P's. Um, I, I spoke earlier, certainly in my office, I've been an agent now for 26 years. The first thing that gets dropped is prospecting. How, how do you disrupt the three P's? What's your best advice there? Well, let's, let's start with, um, you know, perfectionism. So perfectionism is one of our big problems. We try to get everything right before we make a phone call. So you do a bunch of research, you um, get everything organized. I mean, I watch salespeople organize their desk. And for, for some reason or another, when you get your pen facing exactly due north, rejection seems to be sweeter. So, <laughs> you know, I think, I think number one is set the time, get it done. So you, instead of trying to get everything perfect, just make the call. And, and stop hanging on to this pacifier 
of I need to do research or get everything right before I do that. Just get someone on the phone. And one of the ways that I do that is I use something called the platinum hours. We talked about the golden hours. The platinum hours are the the time uh, between, say, eight and five. Um, I typically am working at night, so I, I do my planning at six o'clock in the morning. I get my list ready to go. I get everything started so I don't have to go through that process of doing research during my prospecting block. And by the way, research and planning and organization is not prospecting. The other problem we get into is paralysis from analysis, and that is just that that's that 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 worry about rejection. So I'm so worried about being rejected that I start thinking about all the things that a person might say. And I know you've heard this. Well, what did they say this or what did they say that or what did they say this? And the 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 easiest way to disrupt that is to find is to make the phone call and find out what they're going to say. And I do this for salespeople all the time. What I do is I walk into a room and salespeople are like, well, what about, what about, what about? And I go, okay, you got 15 minutes to make 15,000 set one appointment, go. So I just take away that time to think about it, that worrying. It's like, it's like anything in life that you don't want to do. The more you think about not wanting to do it, the more you won't do it. So again, go back to planning, have your list ready, come in. And I like using high intensity prospecting sprints as a way of dealing with that issue of paralysis. So anybody can be fantastic for 15 minutes. So typically I'll take an hour long block, break it into 15 minute chunks and set a goal to make 15 dials during those chunks and set one appointment or have a multiple, you know, multiple number of conversations. Sometimes I get 20 dials because nobody answers the phone. Sometimes I get six dials in because I get a bunch of people to answer the phone, but those are my goals. So I run that sprint, then I stop, put it, you know, load information into my CRM, take a break, get a cup of coffee, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, then move on to the next call. That's the easiest way to manage that. And that is also the fastest, easiest way to deal with procrastination. So with procrastination, if we go back to the way we organize our telephone prospecting blocks inside our golden hours, we begin at early in the morning. Because if we start thinking about something that we don't want to do, prospecting sucks. And I'm not, I'm not trying to glorify it. It just, it sucks. Nobody wants to do it. It'd be better if everybody called you, but they're not going to do that. So if you want to make a living, you're going to have to prospect. You've got to pick up the phone. You've got to knock on the door. You've got to go out and network. You've got to ask for referrals. You have to do those things. So if it sucks, do it first, start in the morning, first thing in the morning, knock out a prospecting block. And if you do that, then you'll know that it gets done. And it's the same with everything in the world that you don't want to do. It's easy to procrastinate, easy. But if we go back to what we were talking about earlier, and that is understanding what you want, leveraging desire to get past procrastination, that's where you can really begin to disrupt that. So when I start my day, I'm looking at my goals. What do I want to accomplish? So I go back to this wonderful, beautiful lake house that I'm sitting in right now that it was on my goal list for, gosh, 20 years that I worked so hard to get. Uh, there were days when I didn't want to go prospect. There were days that I didn't want to sacrifice, but I would start my day by looking at my goals, and I used that as motivation to get past that natural desire to procrastinate that is that is human. It's just normal for us to feel that way with things that are uncomfortable. And when I looked at what I wanted, I was able to get past the procrastination, get it done, and then move on with the rest of my day. Fantastic. Brilliant. Thank you. Professionals practice before they play. How do you um, 
get your team to practice before they're talking to um, your clients? I love that question. So one of the things that we do as a team, and, and by the way, with my clients as well. So when we're running fanatical prospecting boot camps, we, we are running live phone blocks in those boot camps. We're, we're actually prospecting in, in some cases where we have field sales reps, we will take a break and go out in the street and we will go knock on business doors. So we, we do both of those things. And what we do is we simply role play the five step telephone prospect that you'll find in the books. We just go through that process, go through the messaging, we practice it, and then we'll practice some ejection turnarounds. So we do a really quick drill. It only takes 10 to 15 minutes to do that before we start. And just going through that process gets your mind right and ready in order to be excellent on the phone and have the right words to say the right message at the right time to get prospects to comply with your request. Is that daily? We don't do it every single day as a team, uh, but at least once a week. And if we're, you know, if we're in the middle, so let's just say we do two 15 minute phone blocks or two 30 minute phone blocks and we're not getting anything. And, you know, people are starting to get their head bashed in and we're getting a lot of no's then we'll stop and we'll recalibrate and run through that. And a great example uh, is my son. So one week he was having a really hard time and he set four appointments and he was struggling. And he said, he said, dad, like, I'm, you know, here's what's happening. And I said, okay, well, walk me through. What are people telling you? And he told me what he, what people were telling him on the phone, the objections that he was getting on the telephone. I'm like, okay, well, let's just step into their shoes. Like, why would they meet with you? And what had happened is, and, and, you know, these prospecting skills dealing with objections are perishable. The, the skills that he knew, the things that he knew how to, to do, he'd gotten told no harshly a couple of times, changed his language, changed the way he was approaching people. He just got out of the habit. So we went back through it. We, we created some addition, some different language. He was calling some C-level uh, prospects. And we went through it, role-played it several times. He slept on it that night. We came back the next day, role-played it again. And one week he set four appointments using the practice that we, that we went through, the, the new language we went through, new messaging. He set 18 appointments the next week, and he's been on a, a tear ever since then. So sometimes you just got to stop, take a look at your message, be objective about it. Don't woe with me. Don't complain that the world's you know, against you and all the prospects don't want to talk to you and there's you know, all these other excuses. Just stop and look in the mirror. Maybe your message is wrong and uh, get someone to work with you, get a coach to work with you. And, uh, and, and I, you know, I promise once you stop and, and take a break, recalibrate your message, most of the time after that, you just, you start running faster. Jeb, one of the um, chapters in Fanatical Prospecting is uh, Message Matters. I think chapter 14 or 15, Message Matters. And uh, sometimes my team say to me, when I'm prospecting, um, it's almost like you've assumed you've won the business. You, you're that confident that, that you're making the assumption you've won the business. And I direct them to a passage in, in your book, which is assume you'll get what you want. There's a very fine line between assertive, confident, and arrogance. And I think that we need to play that line when we're prospecting. What's your take on that? Well, there is no more powerful position for a salesperson than relaxed assertive confidence. And you're exactly right. There is a difference between arrogant and being assertive. And being relaxed, assertive, and confident is um, is your tone of voice. It is your demeanor. It is the words that you use. It is your mindset going in. 
being arrogant is simply being an asshole and no one wants to deal with an asshole. And we know what an asshole is. You know exactly what that is. It's being combative. Um, it's, it's being stupid. Uh, it's treating your prospect as if they don't matter, um, as if you know, you, they, they owe you something. That is, that is not the approach. Um, it, but there's a difference between using you know, weak, passive language. Would it kind of be okay if maybe we could get together sometime and saying, how about Thursday at 2? That's the difference. It's getting your language right. So, for example, if the person says they're not interested, being relaxed and sort of confident says that that's exactly what I figured you might say. Because most of the time when I call people, the first thing they say is they're not interested. And the thing that happens after they talk to me is that they learn that I can do these things for them. That's confident, assertive language. So, you have to listen to and maybe even record yourself. Listen to how you're saying things. Listen to your tone of voice. Listen to the words that you're using. Um, listen to your inflection. And, and if you're in person, think about your approach and how you're just even the way that you shake someone's hands. Are you approaching with your hands in your pocket? Are your shoulders slumped over? Are you sending out the message that you're insecure? Focus on being confident. There is nothing in the world that will get people to comply with your request, your request faster than being confident. And being assertive means getting over this internal feeling that you have that you don't want to be too pushy and just ask for what you want. One of the, 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 the paradoxes of you know, our desire not to be arrogant or to think that assertive is being arrogant um, is that when you are more weak and passive and insecure and the desire not to be more pushy, you actually create more resistance. People will tell you no more often when you stumble over your words or you use weak words. So the, the line is pretty simple for me. Don't be an asshole. Be, be confident. Be assertive. Uh, be, be there for your client. Be, be Richard from the UK called me 71 times. This, this guy was always professional. He was always kind. He was always nice, but he had complete conviction that what he was offering would change my business. And by the way, he was right. Fantastic. <laughs> um, telephone. How do you make your telephone your best friend? Because obviously you've got so many other channels that you can use now um, that people may prefer to communicate. Is telephone the best form of communication or should I be reliant on email, text messages, WhatsApp, Snapchat or whatever these kids use these days? What's the in thing? Facebook Messenger? There is no more powerful tool in your sales arsenal than the telephone. And the reason why is that you can cover more ground in less time with a telephone than any other channel. Uh, you can't direct message faster than you can pick up the phone and dial. You, you can't send an email faster, a good email faster than you can pick up the phone and dial. Now you can bulk email people, but that's called marketing, not prospecting. So we need to be careful about that. The telephone allows you to reach more people in less time and have real conversations with other human beings. Now, and by the way, on WhatsApp, because I use WhatsApp all the time, even though in America we don't use it, but all my global clients do, I use WhatsApp to make phone calls because I can call people on WhatsApp. So if I have their contact, I'm dialing WhatsApp. I'm not WhatsApping them via, via text. Now, my, my clients, I will from time to time, but they're already clients. They're not, they're not prospects. They're doing business with me. So if you think about prospecting, start with the phone. Now, 
Does that mean that these other channels don't matter? Absolutely not. If, 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 if you want to use Snapchat, my wife calls it Snapchat. If you want to use that or use WhatsApp or use Facebook or use LinkedIn or what have you, you should absolutely do those things. Email could be really powerful done the right way, as is face-to-face -face networking, as is going out and meeting people in person at the doorstep. I mean, go knock on the door. Field sales reps, if you combine telephone prospect setting appointments with going out and meeting the people the, in businesses that are around the people that you prospect to, absolutely worthwhile doing. I work with real estate agents in the United States and I'm like, go canvas in the neighborhood. Just go knock on doors and have conversations with people. It's like when you're having those conversations, so you should balance that. But the telephone is always will be something I don't know what it is. Maybe we'll go back to you know carrier pigeons and smoke signals. But the telephone absolutely stone cold works. Pick it up. Don't be afraid of it. And the way that you make it your best friend is because it's not going to do it for you. Brilliant. One thing that I always get with prospecting is, is this number of call connects, isn't it, Jeb? And you can make, you know, 20, 30 prospecting calls and maybe only get five connects. I find, and, and it's covered off again in your book, it's the messages that you leave and the power of that message. And you, and you have a section leaving effective voicemail messages that get returned because, you know, hi, it's Johnny here from estateagents.com. Um, uh, can you give me a call is, is not really going to cut it, is it? No, if you think about a voicemail message, most of your calls are going to go to voicemail. That's just the truth. So salespeople go, I always have salespeople, what's your biggest challenge? They go, my calls go to voicemail. I go, that's not a challenge, it's a fact. The, the, the fact is, is that most calls are going to go there. So if your call goes to voicemail and you're going to leave a voicemail, leave a voicemail that gives you the highest probability of A, getting your call returned, and B, getting information to them that allows you to begin to tell your story. So a voicemail should be around 30 seconds, no more than that. And in the book, I give you a framework that will double your callbacks. That's, that's not going to change your life because most people are getting a, you know, a two to 4% callback rate. So if you double that, it's not going to change everything for you, but you have to recognize that there's this thing called familiarity. Familiarity is a, a really powerful part of the prospecting paradigm. In other words, the more people see your phone, the more people see your face, the more people hear your voice, uh, the more people hear your message, the more likely they're going to interact with you and engage with you when the time is right. So by leaving a voicemail, you're able to leave a 30-second commercial. And when you start thinking about sequencing and pursuit plans, you can create a series of voicemails that you may leave for a high-value prospect over the course of, say, a month that tells your story one little drip at a time. So First of all, think about voicemail as a great tool rather than something that's getting in your way. And think about it as a way to tell your story, leave a message that, that, that gets the, the prospect a little bit of information at a time, and also make sure that you leave a voicemail. Just follow the process in the book. I guarantee that it works. Uh, just follow the process in the book that will give you the highest probability of getting that person to call you back. Lovely. Um, one final question, because I'm very grateful that you're you're taking your time whilst you're on holiday. And um, so, last final question: eleven words that changed my life. Uh, my my, you know, my favorite saying. I've got it written on everything. It's even embroidered inside of my suit coats uh, because it's been the one thing like that's driven me, and that is when it's time to go home 
make one more call. And here's what I mean by that. Like anything in your life that's uncomfortable, there's a place where you feel like I've had enough of it. I don't want to do any more. Uh, and and it's it, even yesterday I was uh, staining some stairs um, here because I was waterproofing them. And I was in the middle of a pretty big job. And I'm like, I, I'm tired of this. I'm hot and I'm going to give up. And I said to myself, no, I'm going to do one more. And that one more ended up being the rest of the rails on that particular staircase. And it's the same thing with prospecting. When I'm at that point where I think I can't do any more and my brain says, it starts talking to me, I'm going to give up, I'm going to quit. I make one more call. I always do this. Okay, at this point, I'm going to do one more. And I've generated millions of dollars in revenue for the organizations that I've worked for, making one more. I can't tell you how many people write me on social media or connect with me on email or WhatsApp or, or you know, direct messaging and say, you're not going to believe it. You know, I heard what you said. And today when I was ready to give up, I was about to go home. I made one more call. And that was the call that I needed to make my day. That was the sell that I needed. So when you are at that, that point where you're ready to quit, will yourself to make one more call and I promise you it will change your life. Awesome. Jeb, you have added so much value to our listeners' lives. You've certainly enriched ours. I don't know whether you've been able to see the video um, between myself and Stephen while we've been recording this, but he's been honestly like a kid in a sweet shop. You have, he's, he's met his idol. Um, I, I think he bases his whole prospecting role um, around ripping off your book. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Jeff, seriously, your uh, most recent book um, is out. And uh, guys, if you'd like to know more about Jeb, the web address is all the W's, jebblount.com com which is j-e-double-b-l-o-u-n-t.com um and obviously um is there anything that you'd like to plug just for 30 seconds while you're on the show jeb what's your latest book? absolutely uh yeah absolutely my brand new book is objections it's now on audible um if you have a problem with rejection you definitely want to do that and uh and you can you can come visit me also at salesgravy.com and if you're interested in more tips on prospecting, go to my YouTube channel. It's YouTube forward slash sales gravy. I've got 400 videos there. We're adding new videos every single day. And it's a really good place to get some free content that will add to the training that you guys are already delivering and, uh, and, and maybe be the one video that you need to see that day that will help you get the sell that you need um, to take your career forward. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Really grateful for your time. Um, I'm sure all our listeners um, have loved it. Um, I will keep on plugging your book um, wherever I go and mentioning it because I think it's an exceptional book. It adds value to every salesperson out there. Um, Jeb's also got a podcast as well called The Sales Gravy, um, which is uh, exceptional as well and well worth listening to obviously um hopefully you've loved this podcast today so please rate it review it take a screenshot of it post it on instagram facebook and let's keep on adding value to um everybody else out there and getting these positive messages out there so jeb thank you so 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 much um andy thank you for your time as well um we're really really grateful and really humbled and you know i'm gonna end um with um the message where we started from uh, michael how 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 you managed to come on here and you talked about being persistent and you thought about asking 
Um, and I learned a massive, massive lesson that if you don't ask, you don't get. And, you know, having you on here, uh, you know, best-selling author of nine books, um, obviously it means a lot, but it shows if you don't ask, you don't get. I wasn't as persistent as the other English gentleman 71 times, but I did follow the steps in your book um, with email headers, text messages, voice messages, LinkedIn, um, until I finally got an offer and uh, um, I finally got, um, got you on here. And I was incredibly determined that you were going to be a guest. So thank you once again. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. And um, to all our listeners, please rate it and review it. Thank you.